Because a lot of people look at what we've done and they say, oh, it must have been so easy. Every year, I can almost guarantee you, every year there is something that YouTube changes that throws off everything. But what happens is instead of taking an approach, sometimes like a scalpel, sometimes it's like a hammer and everybody gets affected. It is always a challenge. And so what is really important, and I always tell people this, this is actually my number one advice is don't focus on a YouTube channel, focus on a brand. Hi, Offscripters. It's your host, Sewa Ajay Pele, and welcome to episode 154 of the She's Offscript podcast. This is a show where we hear and learn from women who've created unique blueprints for their business success. My hope is that you'll hear their stories and translate their gems into a unique path for yourself. In today's episode, we meet Rita Onyx, the CEO of multimedia company Onyx Star Media. Along with her family, she's built a multi-million dollar portfolio that includes original video content, books, games, music, apparel, and more. Two weeks after starting their YouTube channel, she quit her job as a nurse practitioner. Since then, their brand has consistently generated six figures in revenue every month. Six years later, their portfolio has expanded to include a flagship animated series streaming on Amazon Prime and Peacock. During our conversation, Rita shares what it takes to build a successful multimedia company, from starting a YouTube channel with her children, to getting brand deals, finding distribution partners, and everything in between. Rita is sharing the details of her journey with us. Before we hear the rest of Rita's episode, I would love it if you could subscribe, rate, and review our show on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you listen to podcasts. This will help to spread the word about our show so amazing stories like Rita's can continue to inspire women looking to launch their own off-script journeys. With that, let's go off-script with Rita Onyx, the CEO of multimedia company Onyx Star Media. Rita Onyx, welcome to She's Off-Script. Thank you for being here. Well, thank you for inviting me. I feel honored. When you sent the email and I saw like your past guests and I saw what the mission was, I thought, okay, no, I have to do this. Thank you so much. Thank you, because you're the epitome of someone who's gone off script. So I definitely want to dig into your story. (laughs) But for anyone who has not heard of you, could you share who you are and what you do? Okay, well, my name is Rita Onyx. I'm from the Onyx family. Um, We are a family who produces family-friendly media. So we do videos, podcasts, books. We have our own magazine. Um, You name it, we do it. We actually um, launched our animation, Onyx Monster Mysteries, that came out um, this year. And it's on on all platforms. Um, We also have Onyx Family Dinner, which is a talk show hosted by our family and where we talk about um, lots of topics that are relevant to families. So yeah, we are just into um, really making sure that we are serving our community and especially families within our community. We have about 7 million subscribers and um, over 4 billion views on all of our content. So we have definitely loved making um, a worldwide imprint footprint, I should say, and just making people smile. You have your fingers in a little bit of everything. And I really want to dig into how you were able to build that empire. But from hearing your story, Rita, I get the impression that you felt a little bit conflicted when it came to whether you should be pursuing a medical career or going into YouTube. So maybe could you share how you were finally able to make that decision to fully go into YouTube? 
Oh, sure. You know, it's funny because I was a nurse practitioner um, for for a few years, um, but I had started in, in the whole nursing field um, from aid all the way to LPN to RN to NP. So, and I was actually in the doctorate program. Mm. So I was like fully into it, but nothing really clicked with me. It's a very honorable um, career, but sometimes, you know, when something is not for you per se. And I was always thinking, man, I want to do something else. I want to be an entrepreneur. So I started pursuing all these other things. I was trying to do Amazon and a bunch of other stuff, just trying to feel, just to find my way. But at the same time, I was offered this position to head this medical company in Florida. And I was like, well, maybe that's it. Maybe that's what I should be doing. I should be, um, maybe that's entrepreneurship by still being a nurse practitioner, but then now owning my own medical company. Maybe that's what I should do. But then as I'm getting it up and I'm doing the insurance credentials and all these things, I was actually made the CEO. I was partnered with these three doctors and something still did not feel right. And I was juggling other jobs as I'm trying to get this job. So I had several jobs. I was so exhausted. I was, um, I would leave at seven, get home at six, chart till 12. And it was just the same thing over and over and over, like six days a week. I, I took Saturdays off as, I, as my Sabbath. So I was just resting. So then I decided, okay, you know what? I was looking at YouTube and I've been watching YouTube at least for a, a few years at that point in time. And I said, how do these people live like this? Because mm. it felt like they had very re like relaxed lives. They got to work with their families. And that was always a dream of mine to work with my family. But I didn't really know in what capacity. I'd always thought, oh, it was maybe going to be healthcare or something like that. Um, not that I rule that out in the future. But at the time, I was so burnt out. I told my husband, I'm like, I don't. I, I know that we're here in Florida because we're not even originally from Florida. We moved for that medical company. And I was actually kind of scared to tell him, like, I am feeling burnt out. I don't think I'm going to like this because he had told me, Rita, I'm going to I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to because he was a minister. I'm going to leave my job to follow you because, you know, he had been a minister for 17 years and I was always following him. And he knew that I was really unhappy. And so he not unhappy as a pastor's wife, but in my career. And I felt like I wasn't really going a lot of places. And he says, you know what, I'm, this is a great opportunity. So I'm going to follow you. But he says, but mark my words, you're not going to like this because ultimately this is not your career path. I don't know what it is yet, but I ultimately know you're not going to be happy. That's so love. He was willing to give you the shot, even though he knew. He knew. And boy, was he right. And I felt so terrible because I was like, um, hon, I, I, you know what, even if we have to sell everything right now and just get some sort of RV and downsize, and I just cannot stay in what I'm doing right now. Mm. And he was like, well, what are we going to do? And I was like, I don't know, man, I do not know. And I just knew the clock was ticking and we were probably about a year into everything. And I was just like, this is too much. So as I was saying, I was looking at the people on YouTube and I said, you know what? why don't we as a family make some skits on YouTube? I see these family-friendly skits. Why don't we do that too? The worst that could happen is we make great memories because I was not seeing my children at the time, was barely seeing them. I was coming home so late, maybe spending half an hour and eating dinner and then back to charting. Mm. 
-hmm. It was just like, I was exhausted and I wasn't seeing my family. So I thought if we make these videos, maybe we could spend more time together. Now it was almost like, how do I fit in videos within that schedule? I was like, you know what? We're just going to do it on the weekends. We'll do it during the day. Um, like I would try to like, when, when I came home, let's film. And the thing was, I was, I was on there and I was studying what they were doing. Now I didn't know how we would get paid. I saw obviously that there were people who were making a living off of it, but I had mm. no clue how that was done. So when we started, I called in my children. I said, listen, what do you guys think about making family skits on YouTube? They were like, what? And I said, you guys, this is, this could be something that we could just make lots of memories. And I think some people are getting paid. So my husband, and, and first of all, I didn't want to tell my husband yet about the YouTube idea, mm -hmm. but he walks in as I'm talking to my kids. Now at the time, Busted. <laughs> I know I was like, Oh no. Cause my kids at the time were like, um, they were like, uh, my oldest ones were like at least mid teens. So, you know, they were old enough to really make this decision. I didn't want to make anyone do anything. It was mm -hmm. kind of like, who wants to do this? And I said, the rules were, if we do this, no comment, you cannot look at any of your comments. You have to do this for, for fun. And you, and, and I don't want you to feel like validated or discouraged mm. by the comments. You got to do it just for the love of the creativity and the joy of doing it together as a family. So my husband walked in and he heard what was going on. I was like, silent for a second and he was like all right let's go to party city let's go get some costumes and we were like I was okay like, Whoa. and we started from there and the rest is history because two weeks later I was able to quit all my jobs and it's funny because I was still doing the medical company but I told them listen I would like for me to now switch from a clinical role to more of an administrative one and we hire someone to do the clinical because I'm trying to do my family business hmm. and they were very upset they were like you know um, we, that's not the deal. And the deal was that you were, you were going to come in and do the clinical. But at the time, what happened was they had put in all the money and my, and I was going to do the clinical and the payoff was going to be that I was going to get a lion's share of like the billing. Mm. But when I said, well, I'll come in and I will also buy, I'll, I'll come in with the same exact amount that you guys came in now that I had the money, they were like, oh no, we don't like that. And so I had to make a decision. And so they were like, well, we think we, they, they started having these pre-meetings before talking to me and they mm. were like, well, we think you should sell back your shares. So they were thinking that I was going to go, oh no, okay, let me just, let me make sure I still do what you guys want me to do. And I, so when they said, we think you need to um, sell back your shares, I said, okay. And then they were like, wait, what? I'm out. You know, because what happened was I put in the money. Like I said, I wanted to, they were like, okay, they happily accepted the money, but they still did not want to, to have me adjust to being more um, administrative and top level like they were. Mm -hmm. So that's why they were like, well, we think we need to sell back your shares. And I said, okay, then. And they were like, oh, I can't believe that you said yes. And they were like, well, we think you need to apologize. I said, for what? You guys have come to me to tell me to sell back the shares. Anyway, it was a, it was a mess. Um, it was, it, it was something where, you know, you really see how in this world money talks and mm -hmm. people feel like they have money that they now control you. Mm -hmm. And then when you get the money now, they're like, we don't like this. Right. We don't like this change. So long story short, I was able to just do this full time within a very, very short amount of time, because in two weeks, like I said, I was able to quit all my jobs in a month. We paid off all of our debt. And it's been history since then. I think I heard a few numbers from your early days, like one month 
you had like a $26,000 month and the next month was like a hundred K month. But then you started to see your income take a nosedive. So did you regret quitting when that started to happen? And what, how did you make that adjustment after? Well, you know, it's interesting. We never really took a nosedive. What happened was this, was that we started doing something that was popular at the time where you make, you put, you get in costumes and mm. you make like these nice skits. And, um, there were people who were doing that, that weren't so, that weren't so family friendly after a while, when they saw that people were, that it was lucrative, mm. you know, there's always people who come in and they try to take advantage of the system. Mm. So our first channel where we actually had billions of views on that channel, we don't even have that channel anymore. So if I were to actually add those <laughs> subscribers and, and views, it, um, and, it would make our us have multi multi billions of views, but since we don't have it, I don't usually uh, tally that. But when we were doing it, um, we were going well. Like we were at six figures every single month, mm. and only that twenty six thousand dollars a month that was within two weeks. But after that, every single month was always a six figure month, and we really never looked back on that. Except what happened was that first channel, we noticed that their views every time we uploaded that we would somehow get less views and less subscribers. And what was going around at the time was something called a YouTube glitch. Mm. And so we started to see that the income was going to go down, but never, never really a nosedive. But I, I am always trying to be 10 steps ahead. Mm-hmm. If I'm seeing a trend, I'm thinking, okay, no, we got to make an adjustment. And around that time, I said to uh, my family, I'm like, you know, it's all fun, you know, dressing up in these costumes. But we could never sell this. We could never go on tour. We could never do anything more with it because it's not our IP. Mm-hmm. So um, I said, we need to create our own intellectual property, like our own logo, our own brand. And that's where Onyx was born. I had another family meeting and I was like, guys, we need to come up with a name for our family um, and what we want to do. And um, everyone came up with their ideas. And I said, what about Onyx? Because I always said that my family is my jewel. Mm. And, you know, at the time we started off with Onyx kids and then Onyx family. So I said, my kids are my jewel and we're black. And even though Onyx comes in many colors, it's mostly known for being a black jewel. So that's where the name Onyx came from. Once we switched um, into that brand, we started a brand new channel and immediately again, it took off. So we never really experienced any real hardship. Um, It's just, you know, it, it's just that I could see the trend coming. Mm. And then I knew from there. And there were times where I thought I would be like, oh my goodness, you know, what are we going to get this month? And then like, God just always came through. It's like for, we were going on now almost six years and we've really never made anything less than six figures a month. Wow. That's amazing. That's really amazing. And in fact, I feel like you guys have become a leader in that industry. And in fact, when my kids first discovered you, because of course they came across you guys first and I was like, and it, even before that, my husband would be like, they're watching a lot of these channels. Are there, are there any black channels really? And then all of, a, <laughs> all of a sudden, really there was, there didn't seem to be a lot of diversity. All of a sudden they came across your channel and I was just like, oh, this is interesting. And they're doing a good job. And my kids and the kids of some of my friends, every time they see channels like yours, they start to think, I want to start a YouTube channel, mom. And I'm just like, Ooh, I don't even know what is it. What, is it, what does it take? So maybe you can let us know what does it take for your family to run your media company and produce content at the level you're producing content at right now? 
Wow, that is such a great question because I think um, there's quite a few factors that factored into, I think, the success. Mm. You know, first, when we started, it was a really serious decision that we knew, like, again, I didn't know if we were going to get paid or not, but I knew it was going to take a lot of effort and time. So it was like, I had to make sure that everyone was on board. Mm. That was like the first and foremost thing. If half the family was like, I don't want to do this, it would have never worked. Mm. But because everybody was dedicated, it was like, okay, we're all on the same plan. So that's the first thing. Everybody has to be on board. Um, And then you have to have a mission. Our family's mission is tell the story, feed the soul, make them laugh, heal the heart. Mm. You know, and we say that mission because you have to have a purpose. Like we love to make people laugh, but why? Mm. Because there were so many people hurting. And there's also, like you said, a lack of diversity. So that was our mission too, to show a black family um, and and show that, hey, we're together. We like each other. We love each other and we can have fun. Mm. So you all have to have like this mission. The second thing though, is that we had factors already that helped us. So we already homeschooled. We had homeschooled our children all our life. Mm. So all their lives, I should say. And that was a lot easier to do like work around like our schedules, you know, homeschool just doesn't take as much time as like a regular seven, three or eight to four type of um, school schedule. So we were able to do it around that. Um, Another thing was my kids look young, but they were a little older. So as I was like going to work, I would come home. And initially I was the one who basically looked up, okay, how do I get views? Because the ironic thing was, was when we first uploaded our first video, I was like, okay, where are the millions of views? And I was like, nine. I was like, wait, you mean you just don't upload? And I started researching and reading and reading and reading. I would go to articles that probably hardly anybody would look at about how to um, get into the algorithm. I never even knew that there was a term called algorithm. Mm. It's just that I went on something called social blade where you can kind of look up, you know, for people who don't know you, where you can look up uh, people on social media, different channels and see what their views are. And I started to see that there seemed to be a correlation of subscribers and views. So I knew that there was some sort of algorithm. So I started reading and researching. And that's another huge point. When you start, you have to be so dedicated that you have to do your research. It's it's just like any other job. Mm. You have to really learn it. You know, so I would learn how to do um, thumbnails. And not and I, and I wanted to make sure that we did ours like so it would pop. So I would we did like courses on how to create thumbnails, how to use certain software. Um, I started I, I read so many articles about metadata and how to put that into your descriptions and your keywords and your titling. Um, we just I, I just really dove in. And so I would now pass that on to my children mm. so that they could also learn and then do. And it's so funny because now, honestly, the student has become the teacher. They have taken those skills and they have just run. And, and, and that was something that I think really helped. And I think, honestly, the gifts and talents that my family comes together, it just, it really works. Like um, my, my oldest daughter, she really writes a lot of the skits for um, especially the kids. This is a true family a- business. Everyone has yes. a job. Oh yeah. She, she writes a lot of the skits, most of the skits for um, our business. She also illustrates in our books. I write the books. She illustrates. Wow. Um, my other, my, my second daughter, she does all the music. So any rap battle, but she has written. Um, she also does her own music with her own albums, but because of her talent, 
um, even with Onyx Monster Mysteries, you know, she and I wrote the theme song, but she wrote all the songs in every episode. So that was an additional 24 songs. And that's wow. now on there. And, and then on top of that, she wrote the theme song for Onyx Family Dinner, which is premiering on the 4th. So she's really taking um, a, a shine to music. My third daughter, she also writes um, um, our Honest Kids Adventures books. And she also is like our head editor. Like you want anything done. She knows how to make things disappear, come in and just, you know, really give it a, a sparkle that I think um, pushes us, you know, out, outside of our comfort zone. It's so, it's so great outside of the box, really. Mm. Um, and then Shiloh, our, our youngest, he is just like his ideas. He's always very current with what is happening. So, you know, we've got the kids all working together and then me on the business. And my husband likes to say that I'm the brains of the business. He's the heart. He's always giving meaning to everything. He's mm -hmm. always trying to, you know, um, craft like family skits and, and even things out offline with charities and things like that for us to give back. So I just think the dynamics of our family together really works. So I would say to uh, someone who wanted to do it, really assess your family and see where does everybody, where's everybody's gifts and talents leaning towards, because you'll find it's going to be much easier if you lean into that versus making someone who is way more, let's say, into editing, to now tell them, okay, now you write the script. It's just, it's not going to work. Mm. So that's some of, those are some of the things that I've learned in, in starting this. And I like how you mentioned that there is a balance between you as a mom and you as a CEO, especially when you are managing so many personalities. It's great that everyone is leaning into their talents and they actually want to do this, but we're all humans. We all have the ups and downs. So how do you manage all the different personalities towards your, your common goals? Oh yeah, that has always been a challenge because like you said, I want to make sure that I'm mom and CEO. So it's like, I have to put on both hats and I feel like I'm, I'm, I can be, I can be one of those people who is very blunt, you know? So if I'm, if you're working for me, I'm like, kind of just like, let's cut to the chase. Mm. Let's just, you know, but with, as a mother, I'm very like, okay, well, let me make sure I say this right. <laughs> you know, especially because like I have adults now, you know, they still look young, but my oldest is 22. I have a 21 year old an 18 year old. And, you know, my 14 year old is still a teenager, but it's, it's a very different dynamic mm. and they don't have to like me. They don't have to work. So you have to treat them with love and respect, you know, and, and that's what I really try to focus on and then really fostering a sense of communication. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of those challenges that I don't think as a mom, you ever truly master. You just always do your best. Mm -hmm. Because every level comes with a different challenge. I, oh, I know yeah. now I have an eight-year-old and a six-year-old and the yeah. way they communicate and debate with me is different than when they were two-year-olds. So every yeah. level has a, just a different way for a mom to, to navigate, right? Um, yes. So kind of going back to the earlier part of the conversation where you talked about the fact that you had to come up against a YouTube glitch that caused you to have to expand and pivot. How have you diversified since then just to make sure that you are insulating your family from the impact of any one platform? Oh my goodness. That is such a great question because a lot of people look at what we've done and they say, oh, it must've been so easy. Every year, I can almost guarantee you Every year, there is something that YouTube changes 
that throws off everything mm-hmm. and not just algorithm because you know they're constantly in the news right yep. and so they're constantly having to 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 redo policies and things to make the um congress um you know kind of like back off mm-hmm. or, or or correct things that are literally things that they needed to have addressed but what happens is instead of taking an approach sometimes like a scalpel sometimes it's like a hammer and everybody gets mm-hmm. affected so um, I remember one year we have a glitch. Another year there was they started introducing demonetization. And because the system, it was a new software, because it was new, it was learning. And as it was learning, everybody's videos at first would not be monetized. And then you'd have to wait and then it would mess up the algorithm. So there was that. Another year, um, they had oh well, recently COPPA, things that have to do with mm-hmm. the children's um privacy protection act. So that actually, again, affected everybody because now you have to make everything either made for kids or made for adults, and then it just gets different revenue and it gets in different algorithms. So it it is always a challenge. And so what is really important, and I always tell people this, this is actually my number one advice is don't focus on a YouTube channel, focus on a brand. Say that louder. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes, focus on a brand because when we started um, the Onyx brand, and I started slapping that name in front of everything or making it a part of a name. So we have like Onyx Kids, Onyx Family, Onyx Life, or um, Play Onyx, which is our gaming, or Cardionics, which is our fitness. It was always about getting that name out there. Um, we trademarked right, um, right away. And we also started saying, okay, now where else can we meet our audience? Let's say you're tired of looking at videos. What else can we do? So I said, look, you know what? Let's start writing books. So I said, okay, let's do books. Let's do the magazine. Let's have a website. Let's have products. Um, Let's have music and and let's expand into different genres like the fitness, like the Mm -hmm. gaming and um, even even to adult things. And so now it's a really multimedia um, business because we try to really meet our audience everywhere into uh, from basically from children, from Onyx kids all the way to adults, you know. Um, and now that we've been doing this for a while, because we've made a brand, we have been offered more uh, mainstream things. So, you know, like, for example, I mentioned the cartoon. Mm-hmm. So now that we have a cartoon, that's one thing. And in that cartoon, not only did my daughter do all the music, but my other daughter wrote um, some of the scripts. And we all as a family did all of the voiceover work. You know, because we actually had a choice. They said, do you guys want to do the voiceover work? And we we're like, absolutely. Mm-hmm. We're like, a, we, we like to be a hands-on right. family. Um, and even with this Onyx family dinner, where it's like our family sits down for a meal, we have guests and we talk about important topics. Those are things that are being produced by, you know, um, Pocket Watch, which is one of our partners and Shine Global and um, YouTube. But we also have a couple of things in the in the pipeline that are even more mainstream and those things we hopefully should be coming soon. You know, they're in very early development. But if we didn't have like a, um, a recognizable name and we didn't stay true to our brand, which is family friendly, then I don't know where we would be right now because you can't really depend on a lot of these platforms um, to just continually push you and market you. You have to really take control of your brand and you can't compromise yourself for mm-hmm. you because it's so easy to say, when any, all of these things change, well, what's, what's everybody doing? That might not fit your brand, but if you stay true to your brand, true to who you are. Now, I remember how I was saying, oh, well, we've never really gone away from six figures a month. 
that's only because as we've continued to create a brand, we've worked with so many um, brand deals now that anything that has um, decreased from AdSense, because everybody's AdSense has gotten less because it's just thinned mm -hmm. out now. There's so many people doing it and, and there's so many other platforms. Because when we first started, there was no TikTok, you know, and I don't even think people were making the kind of money to make on Instagram now. So the AdSense and, and brand deals, everything is so spread out. But when you have a brand, people will always come to you when they know like, oh, I can depend on this family for mm -hmm. this or this woman for this or, you know, vice versa. So we've clearly established the importance of being diversified, but you've also mentioned partnerships. How did the partnership with Pocket Watch specifically come about? And what has been the impact of having that kind of a partner on the growth of your brand? Yes. You know, I, I love talking about this partnership with Pocket Watch because um, when we first started, we actually had been approached by something called an MCN. I'm not sure how many people mm -hmm. know about that. It's like a multi-channel mm -hmm. network. Um, and they're companies that say, hey, we want to help you manage your YouTube channels and then we'll help get you brand deals. And at first I was totally against it. Now, when we, but for maybe about a year in, I said, you know, I'd really like to do some brand deals. And even if you have like a good amount of following, at least at that time, it was still kind of hard because you didn't know how do I go about getting these brand deals. Um, and so the first one I actually negotiated myself and I was like, hmm, I don't really like this. I'd rather yeah. have someone negotiating for me because I know what I feel I'm worth, right? But it's a little awkward when you're doing it. I don't mind it, but I haven't really done it in years now. Now I, I have like, you know, a manager and all of that. But at the time I started with Studio 71. Um, and I was with them for maybe about a couple of years, but I realized that, um, there was a point in time where we, um, I just needed to now move on and forward. It's no, no knock against them. It's just that, um, you know, when you just realize that there might be other opportunities out there. And I knew that we were a very family friendly brand that, um, I needed someone who could focus more on mm -hmm. that. And so I had seen an article actually when pocket watch was just starting. And I saw, I read what their mission was and I thought, you know, this could be a really good fit. So I actually reached out to them and we started the conversation, but it didn't go anywhere for about a year. And then, um, you know, one, I think was like maybe, yeah, a year after that, I had met up with them in LA. We had a nice conversation and again, nothing maybe we didn't really start maybe doing something like significant together until a few months after. So there's a lot of back and forth and talking, but that's how the partnership started. And so we have officially been with them, I would say since 20, was it 2018 or 2019? And since that time we've developed, you know, um, like the cartoon and the other things, even the, the family dinner, and they're involved actually in the other projects that we have um, along with some other people. Um, but the partnerships, I've, I've also, sorry, before mm. that, I also started working um, well, from Studio 71. You know, when people, when you work with them, they assign you a manager. So I was with someone and then that manager left to do other things. And then I was with another person. And that new person is my manager and he's still my manager. And the funny thing is he's not with Studio 71 anymore, but he was, um, then he went to UTA. And then from there, and he brought us along with him to UTA. Mm. And you would think, okay, I'm with UTA now, or, you know, it's just like a CAA, you know, it's a big talent agency. You're like, oh yeah, I'm going to get all these opportunities. But what ends up happening is you have to have someone that really believes mm -hmm. in you. 
So it doesn't really matter who you are with as much as it's who is, who is there advocating for you. So he actually, and he doesn't work with pocket watch. It's just some, someone totally different, but I, I realized though, that he just brings a lot of value in our life. You know, he gives us a lot of brand deals and, and he helps us, you know, negotiate a lot of things. And he's one of the main reasons why I haven't had to really negotiate for any of my deals in mm. many years. And then from there, he started his own company. So we are actually with also someone called un, another company called underscore talent, which is primarily digital. And he, and ironically, the founders of Studio 71 started this company. So full circle. Like right back <laughs> with them. But yeah, so those are our partners. You know, you got Pocket Watch and Underscore, and they have really helped us to um, grow in the sense of like our footprint in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. When you think about where you're going to go next with this brand, it seems like you've conquered almost everything. What else are you trying to accomplish with the brand? You know, it's funny because I've always taught my family that one of the mainstays of a brand that I think is successful is the longevity. Mm-hmm. And we always want to keep evolving and adapting as a brand to what's current. I think it's so easy to stick with what has worked in the past, mm-hmm. but then you realize, hey, that doesn't work as well anymore. Yeah. And you have to you have to like really sit down and say, okay, now where do I need to shift? And a lot of times it can be intimidating. Because right off the bat, like, for example, TikTok, we, when we had started TikTok, um, it was before when it was Musical.ly. So we had an account there. But remember, Musical.ly was then bought out mm-hmm. by TikTok. But we had had this old account, wasn't really going anywhere. My son kept saying, we have to start a new TikTok mom because the people who um, did the Musical.ly, like that account would be dead. It's not going to go anywhere. And we, I was like, oh, again, not really wanting to shift. It's okay. It'll be fine. And it really wasn't. Finally, I was like, all right, let's mm-hmm. just do it. Let's just And these kids will you know, nag you. They will nag start. you. <laughs> they will. And you know what? Within a few months, the new account is now at half a million, over half a million. And it's just like, why mm-hmm. didn't I listen? And so again, it's like about adapting, going out of your yeah. comfort zone, starting, not being afraid to start something new in order to stick with what's happening, like stick with the mm-hmm. trends and, 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 and as long as it's in your brand, it's not like we started TikTok and it was something completely different. It's still us. It's still Onyx family, but now reaching a new audience. We recently had a Halloween party, a Halloween Zoom mm-hmm. party. And I would say 90% of the people heard about it on TikTok. Normally it would be, oh, we just tell our people on YouTube, which we did, but I couldn't believe how 90% of them are like, oh no, I heard about it from TikTok. And it showed like, if we had neglected that platform, mm-hmm we would not be reaching the people that we're reaching now in, in these, in these huge numbers. Cause even though we have half a million subscribers, we have videos on there now at 17 million and, you know, and more. So it's, it's always looking for that new platform, looking for what people are wanting. Now Um, we took a step back from making daily Mm -hmm. skits, actually weekly skits, not daily weekly skits, because we had to even explore for ourselves. Let's try some other things. So we started a family podcast. Um, we also have this investigation series that we did um, that we're doing. First one was about finding Bigfoot. I saw that. Where yeah. We went, yeah. That was just really fun. And we have a new series that that'll be coming out called Onyx Tries, where we try different things. Um, it's so we actually ourselves are having fun and seeing what else can we do as a family. What are different things that we can do? Because we just want to make sure that it's always mm-hmm. fun, 
but that there's always a purpose, but that also we're staying current. And I feel like, you know, if you've made hundreds of skits, I think your audience can also say, okay, what else, do, what else do you guys, exactly. got? you know, what else do you guys, you know? And so that's what we want to do. We want to show, Hey, we have some, we're, well, we have a lot of layers to us and let's explore it. Let's have fun mm-hmm. together. And I did hear that your two oldest are heading off to college soon. And given that you've seen success in a field where school is not necessarily a prerequisite to being in that field, how are you approaching their education at this point? Oh, well, no. See, a few years ago, they actually had the option to go to school. If they did, if they actually went to college, they would have been, I think, in their senior year at this mm-hmm. point. But what they decided um, was that, so it's funny because we actually moved so that they could go to the school they wanted to go to, which happens to be me and my husband's um, alma mater, um, which is a HBCU. And we actually moved there so that we could do the business and they could go to college and, you know, just experience everything. But when we were about to actually start, because they, they actually had enrolled, they picked out their dorm room. We did the medical, vis- everything, everything was set. They said, mom, we didn't want to tell you this, but we really want to just stick with what we're doing, work in the family business and be entrepreneurs. Wow. I was totally fine with it. I was fine because, you know, for me and my husband, we both have degrees and, and that's fine. And it's not, but it's not for mm-hmm. everyone. And we knew that we had a family business that was working. And it was like, why go to school to do something for like a safety net or something like just in case or, or to do something that is totally outside of what you want. Now, someone will say, oh, well, if they get a business degree. Yeah, but they can do business classes if they ever want to, to supplement whatever they feel like they need to do for our business. Um, and, but, and also I think one of the things you have to think about too, is that you don't want to do, be all things to all people. Like you, you, you have business people in your life that you trust and, and you work on that side of the business. Cause you know, we are the creatives, you know, we, that's where we want to focus the most on. So um, they actually decided to do that. My husband and I were, were very supportive and that's where, that's what they've been doing these last few years. You know, it's, and it was, it's a decision that they, they said they have not regretted it because I I'll check in with them every now and then and say, what are you thinking? How are you feeling? They're like, mm, nope. nope, I'm very happy with what I'm okay. doing. Okay. That's amazing. Cause I think the mindset is very slow to change. That's the traditional path. And to go off of that path, I think makes a lot of people nervous. And I will preface this by saying, not that it matters, but what does your family think about the path that you've taken? Oh, that's a great question. When we first started, the ironic thing is I didn't tell anybody in my family. Mm. I didn't tell any of my friends. We didn't say a word. I, I always said I did not want a business that was dependent on my family or my friends, mm-hmm. you know, watching, sharing. I just don't do that. So I just felt like, you know, let's just do this. If the public likes it, then, you know, it's going to be successful because there's only so many times your friends or your family are going to be like, okay, help me watch this. Let me share it. So I never started it that way. Um, another reason why I didn't tell them was because I didn't want a Lenny negative input because they would have been like, Rita, you have your degrees, you know, you have your, you know, your master's and you're in this PhD program and you're in Florida for this business. Like, how could you leave it? Do both. I didn't want that. I knew what I needed to do. And sometimes you just have to just, you know, shut the door, you know, just have it quiet. No, no outside influence and just do what you have to do. 
And so about a year later, that's when I started to kind of tell them. Cause, and it was funny because they saw me making a lot of changes, but everyone thought, wow, the medical company must be really good. <laughs> they saw me moving. They saw me doing whatever I needed to do. And they were like, and I was going on vacations and they're like, what is going on? So about a year later, I said, oh yeah, I started making some videos on YouTube and everyone was floored and started going around the family like, what? You know, um, same with my husband. He didn't tell his um, mom for a while because, you know, his father was a pastor and it was like a, you know, a family thing. And, and he, he was like, let's just see how this works. Let's see what we're able to do. And at first I think his mom was like, you left this because he didn't leave it to do YouTube. He left to come for my medical company. But, you know, I feel like that's how mm -hmm. God works. Because had I was had I been like, oh, let's go to Florida and do YouTube, he would have been like, exactly. Not, we're not doing that. Right. So he kind of had to let go of that. And then um, we were able to do that later. But when his mom found out, I think at first she was like, oh, like, what, what is this? You know, is, are you a clown now? You know, because we're just making people laugh. Is, is his but mom African? Uh, <laughs> you know what? She's Jamaican. Close enough. Close enough. <laughs> yeah. And so she was able to see, though, that his ministry has now taken uh, a level that she he could have never done if it was just still in the mm -hmm. church. And so now she sees what God has been doing in our lives. And she's just amazed by, you know, the billions of people we've been able to impact billions um, with this family ministry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she's just, she's really happy. So yeah, all of our friends and family are supportive, but I've always been off that path. You know, I've always been the one that's like, you know what, I'm going to shave off my, my hair and get, uh, mm -hmm. and you know, my whole family's like, what are you doing? Don't do that. You know, I think I'm going to homeschool. What are you doing, Rita? Don't do that. You know, so it's constantly always going to the beat of my own drum or off mm -hmm. I like it. So now for people who are listening, I know you've given us a lot of tips, but what are your top three tips for anyone who's thinking about following in your footsteps? So this is not an order of importance. It's just an order of what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I would say the first one is, again, look at your life, look what your interests are and create a brand from what you already do. Now I say that with as a caveat because prior to this I was just in the medical, I was in the medical world and my husband was a minister. So if I had done that advice, I don't even know what it would have. I don't even know if we would have been able to do what we're doing now, because that was totally not what we were doing. But the reason why I say though say that though is that my family and I we get a lot of jokes as a family. We would have a lot of fun. We'd love to spend time together. So it wasn't totally mm -hmm. odd. So I say. Try to do something that you already are involved in or interested in, like hobby or or not just hobby, but just something that you are very interested in. But also don't be afraid to take risks. Mm -hmm. You know, I think as an entrepreneur, you know how they say like you, you can either say you failed 10,000 times or you can find 10,000 things that just don't work, you know, and, and just you have to be okay with that because it's not going to feel good. Mm -hmm. it's, you're going to feel like, like, I, and you know, I kind of skipped over this in the beginning when I first started YouTube, when we first started, we actually had all of us separate channels and we were all going to do it like individually. Wow. And so we had this little board on there we were going to have this little competition who can make the mm -hmm. most, you know, in a certain amount of time. And at that point in time, when you started a channel, you were immediately monetized. So it was like, okay, guys, like, what can we do? And I was going to do this little like toy unboxing thing. And so in my era, um, 
you know, I'm like Sesame Street. I was a little bit before Blue's Clues, mm-hmm. but I thought Blue's Clues was still popular. So I was like, oh, I'm going to do this little toy thing. I'm going to talk like they do on Blue's Clues. I'm going to be like, hi, kids. Welcome <laughs> to the amazing toy factory. So my son hears me and he's like, mom, that is just so creepy. <laughs> and, and it was like, it was, it was a total failure. We did it for like a few mm. months. Um, my daughter who was doing her fitness channel, she made 26 cents and we were like, oh my goodness, this mm-hmm. is it. And you know, what's funny that 26 cents when we, after we had stopped, when we, we reevaluated, like, this is not going to work. We need to do it together as a family. A few months later, that's when we did it. And then two weeks later, it, that was 26,000. I just realized the, the parallel to when you did it alone and when mm-hmm. we did it together, it was like, wow. Um, but again, we were not afraid to restart and regroup. Mm-hmm. And so the, my second piece of advice is just keep going, keep trying. Don't worry about feeling like if it doesn't work the first time, oh, I need to stop. Yeah. Because it just, it hardly ever works out the first time. You know, another thing I don't talk about is that when we first started, I did not know that you couldn't watch your own videos. I, I thought that you could go on YouTube and we could be like, wow, look at us, look what we did. Our videos are so cool. I get this email from AdSense going, um, you violated AdSense. And I did not know that. And they don't tell you exactly what you did. They just say, read our policies. And then you'll see what you did. So I was pouring over the policies and I realized it's because I was watching it. Now, I wasn't clicking on the ads though, because I thought only if you click on the ads, but apparently that was still an impression. Mm. So now, you know, of course now I don't do that, but I was literally suspended for 90 days. This all was in the very beginning. And a lot of times, um, I think, sometimes I think I forget to share that because if I had said to myself, you know what? First, it didn't, we made 26 cents, that didn't work. Now we're suspended. You know what? I give up. Imagine where I would be. So have that tenacity, keep it going. And maybe the third thing is to just um, make sure that you stay very business-like. This is not a charity. This is your business. Meaning you need to trademark it, have your business account, be wise about your decisions, and I hate to say this, but don't mix up your family or your friends that are not on the same page as you and don't treat it the same because everybody always was like, and, and I was, I was guilty of this too, always thinking, oh, if I tell this person and I tell this person, I help this person, more money does not actually equal more friends. It does not equal better relationships. It's just, it can complicate mm-hmm. things. And I have, I have in my journey Unfortunately, there have been people that are just no longer in our lives for one reason or another, and it just changes the dynamic. So just treat it like a business. It's like like when I was a nurse or a nurse practitioner, I wasn't like bringing my cousins or my my friends along on the floor mm-hmm. with me. I just did what I was doing, and then we had our relationship. So don't feel like um, I think that don't feel like that you have this obligation to now bring this person, this person, this person, because not only the energy, but you have to understand that you're now a CEO of your business and you have to treat it as such. You don't have to be as big as Apple. Mm -hmm. You can take it as serious from day one. And when people see that, they will respect you. So do the things you have to do, meaning um, save your money for your taxes, always pay your taxes, you know, trademark, 
Um, don't do things that are, do things that, you know, you know, that, um, that are brand friendly or at least brand specific mm -hmm. that, you know, that when you work with partners, they will be like, yes, I want to work with that. So if, let's say, for example, we, we were into things like we don't drink, but if we were into like alcohol and stuff like that, we would do things that, you know, we would attract that type, that sort of mm -hmm. brand, but that's not our brand. So we don't do anything with that. So we don't compromise ourselves for that mm -hmm. money. And that's not only a moral decision, but it's a business decision so that people understand who you're about. So just be about your business. Mm -hmm. I like that. Be about your business. Now for anyone who wants to support you, your family, your business, where can we find you? Oh man, you can find us. <laughs> well, onyxfamily.com has like a nice synopsis of who we are and what we're doing um, and everything that's just current with us. Um, but I would say like the biggest thing right now are, um, is our Onyx Family Dinner that's coming out on November 4th. You can find it on our channel, Onyx Family, on YouTube. Um, you can also look us up on TikTok, Onyx Family, and Instagram, Onyx Family. And then you can also um, look at our cartoon, Onyx Monster Mysteries. You can watch it on Peacock, Amazon, Roku, a uh, bunch of different devices. Um, actually, we're on Southwest Airlines too. So if you're flying, you know, you can always check us out there as well. So yeah, you know what? Just put us in, put us in Google and Onyx Family. You're going to find a lot of resources. Oh, well, thank you for sharing your story with us today, Rita. And we just wish you continued success. I appreciate that. Thank you so of much. Of course. Hi, Offscripters. I'm so glad you made it to the end of this episode. If you found this show helpful, please pay it forward by sharing us with your network and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Between episodes, you can find us on Instagram. Our handle is at She's Offscript. Or you can catch up on past episodes at She'sOffscript.com. All right, with that, we'll see you right back here next Thursday for another episode.